this week I spoke to Des McNulty. Des is a Scottish writer with two books published. We spoke about how he came to be a writer, what drives him on and what's coming next for Des. Lastly, he picked four heroes to come to a dinner party. You can buy Des's books on Amazon. I'll post links in the show notes. Enjoy. See, see your second book. Yes. Can't, can't trust water. I only, yes. I only read that two weeks ago. I've had okay. it for. I've had no, it for. Uh, <laughs> was it as much as a disappointment as it is to everybody else? <laughs> mate, I thought it was brilliant. All uh, right. <laughs> I really did. But I mean, I, I got it when it came out. But I'm murdered for for reading. No, I'm I'm, I'm the same, man. I'm a. Uh, I'm just getting round to reading all these uh, these new Scottish books that came out last year. You know what I mean? I'm I'm trumpeting them, telling people to uh, read them. Aye. But I'm just getting round to actually reading them myself. <laughs> well, aye, that that's what I'm like. It's just finding the time, isn't it? Oh, it's just. I mean, it's everything is. There's so much, especially with lockdown and all that. It's just I feel, find myself. I'm, I'm on Netflix and Spotify far too much. I should just switch it all off and get all the books that I'm lining up and just read them all, you know what I mean? Mm. Well, that's what I'm thinking today is I'm going to try and set myself a challenge of reading one book a month, at least. Aye. Uh, I, I'm, I, yeah, that, that, I think that's realistic, isn't it? <laughs> but, I mean, I, I smashed that out in uh, three days. Oh, And it was, aye, it was really, really, really good. Uh, obviously, I probably put pressure on myself because I wanted you on the, the podcast. And uh-huh. thought, yeah. yeah. I said to the masses, I said, well, I've read the first one and uh, I said, I could probably just look at a new book of your son and get the basic to it. And she's like, you can't do that. <laughs> and and then, <laughs> I know. Uh, and I smashed it out, man. It was brilliant, man. A really good read. Excellent. So, anyway, uh, thanks for coming on, anyway. No problem. Right, and we'll get started. Uh, just tell us a wee bit about yourself growing up, where you grew up, mm-hmm. uh, your formative years, how, how you came to be who you are. Right. Um, I grew up in Netherton. Um, and even though all of my books seem to be set in Motherwell, people always remind me that I actually live in Netherton, which isn't Motherwell. And when I was growing up, uh, I kind of, because I went to school in a ladies' high school, which was Motherwell, I kind of gravitated towards there. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I started thinking about the places where I lived and places around here that I'd like to think about, write about, and talk about. Um, and more so when I was... Especially when growing up in the nineteen nineties, everything was all about it was all about music and it was all about football and it was all about things like that. But for me, um, I just wanted to do something that was kinda artistic, but was more about the kind of places where I came from, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The streets, the towns, the people, places like that. Right. So obviously, 
I mean, you grew up, I know a lot of your friends mm-hmm. who are in bands and things like that, so do you think that was an influence? I, well, I mean, I was very lucky, I'll be honest with you, my brother and my pals and all that were all very into their music and very comfortable about expressing themselves. So when I turned around, I think it was in 2000 and, oh, 2005, 2006, I was actually sharing a flat with two of my pals, uh, Ian and Brian. And I, told, I turned around and I said, listen, I'm, I'm actually thinking about writing a book. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, okay. Now, for a lot of guys coming from where I come from, they would probably have been faced with a barrage abuse if you mm-hmm. told them that you're actually thinking about writing a book. But because we all grew up in bands and writing music, and so the idea of one is actually thinking about writing a book, it wasn't actually that, it wasn't actually looked down upon, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, right, I'm going to do this, I've got an idea, should I do it? And the, uh, my friends, all of them were basically like, aye. Go for it, try it, mm-hmm. but don't talk about it, do it kind of thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because that's the thing, isn't it? It's, the hard part is jumping for the idea of doing something to actually taking the plunge. Yeah, in. I, I actually did a, I did a course when I was about in Murrow College, it was a kind of social science course, and part of that course was that there was a literature uh, part in it. And there was a lady called Mary Barrett, brilliant woman, probably back then in her 60s, the type of person who you would, if you were wrong, if you were right, she would tell you, you know what I mean? She was to the point. Mm-hmm. And what she done was she went and actually wrote, she went and wrote, uh, sorry, uh, read as a, a story, and it was another Welsh story called Disney Matter, right? The Disney Matter was on, I think it was, was it Acid House. It was a short story, and it was it was a funny story. Do you know what I mean? It was a, it was supposed to be funny, and I'm sure that was the way it was supposed to be took. So she read it to us. She read it to the full class, and the class were all killing themselves laughing, right? But see, at the end of it, Mary Barrett started to cry. She started getting really, really emotional, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What's going on? Why is why is she getting so emotional?" And she said, "Well, if you read this story." and you laugh at it, then that's fine. But if you actually get back and look at it, this is the story of a guy who's lost his job in Scotland and a guy trying to earn a living over in Disneyland, right? And I remember thinking, can you do that? Can you write in your own voice, in your own words, and make people be feel their kind of emotions? So... That was, I think, the first spark. For everybody else back in the 1990s, everything was all about music, blur and Oasis, or Celtic going to Seville, Rangers going to Manchester, Motherwell winning the Cup, all those things. But for me, it was the thing that changed my life, and I don't feel bad about saying it, was reading Trainspotting and Irvin Wells for the first time, and knowing that you could actually do that. You could actually write the way you talk, and people... Not just for Motherwell, not just for Hal and Belsa, people all over the world will read it. And that was the first part where I thought, I'm going to try this, I'm going to do it. I think it's a, 
I find it kind of natural to see when I'm sending texts. I, mm-hmm. I kind of write in my the way I yep. speak. Uh, I, th- I find it harder to kind of try and correct myself and kind of write properly. Yeah. Uh, so, I actually, I, I actually think the way I, I, I think it goes back to that. I think, um, obviously, everyone else turned me on to Alan Warner and Alan Bissett, uh, you know, all these other Scottish writers. It wasn't just him. Mm-hmm. But I think because of that, we, we feel more comfortable talking in our own language. Yeah. We don't apologise for it anymore. Do you know what I mean? You can, be, you can be intelligent. You can be forthright. You can say what you feel. And you can do it in your own language. And by the way, Motherwell, North Lanarkshire has its own language. It's not just Glasgow, it's not Edinburgh. Yeah. I say to people sometimes, I work in Glasgow, and they go, what? What, what are you saying? So I think it's I think it's something that we should be proud of, and I think it's something that we should, shouldn't be afraid to speak in our own words. And I certainly won't ever stop uh, writing my own, my, in my own tongue. Mm. So obviously, when you say to your pals, Ian and Brian, about writing a book. So how long then was it for the idea well, was, to kind of... So that was, 2000, what was that, 2006. And then I was just kind of going through all sort of stuff personally. And it was just be bits and bobs, bits and bobs. Got to about 2010 and I was living in Deniston at the time with my partner, Kerry. And I think she just said to me one night, look, do this, just just fold it all together and get get the story you're trying to tell and get it out there. So what I started doing was there was a, a website called Script or something like that, I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was just, I mean, really, life is local. If you get back, God, I haven't even, I've, God, I've, no, I've no read it in years. I can't, I can't remember a lot of it. But it, every, every chapter had a, had a title and it had its own kind of story. So it's kind of like short stories knitted together in a kind of uh-huh. novel, uh-huh. you know. So I put it out on this website, and all of a sudden, people were going, hey, I, I, I quite like what's, what's going on here. You know who is this, this Stevie Stobbs? Who are these guys? And I thought, hey, so this is, this is happening here, you know. So the advent of self-publishing came just about that same time. So that was 2010. And I managed to get the story that was in my head. I managed to get it all together. And I self-published it first. And it was a bit rough. I hadn't had a final edit. And then a guy who's originally from Belsall called Mark Wilson, who's also a great writer, he contacted me and he says, look, I'm starting up a publishing company called Paddy's Daddy Publishing. And... I love your book. I'm, I want to publish it. What do you think? And it all started for there. And we counted, Kerry and I counted, I remember, 65 to about 70 people who we thought might read it. And we doubled it. We thought, if they tell one person. So we're looking about 150 to about 200 people would would, would maybe, maybe read it. After it was published, thousands and thousands and thousands of people all over the world, France, Australia, America, have all read it, reviewed it, commented on it, and I would never have, never have dreamed that that would have happened. 
Well, it just shows you uh, where it takes you. Obviously, it, it would be predominantly Scottish people, I would think. But you've got Scottish people um, all over the world, so... Yeah, that, and, and, and that's that's what it is. There was a, I remember there was a, a young girl, she was 19 or something, and she was in a... Same thing, she was in this kind of class uh, that she was doing, and she had to she had to put forward a book that she liked. And I think her dad was, like, from East Kilbride or something, so she'd read it. And then about 10 of her class, it all went and bought it, and this was down in Cambridgeshire or something. And all those people get back to me. You know, they struggled a little bit with, you know, the, the how it was written, but they got it. Do you know what I mean? And I think after a while, if you start, if you can, if you can grab something for a book, if you can grab something that you like and that you can feel that's close to you, mm-hmm. then that that will carry you through the whole book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the characters. Obviously, they're big characters. So, where did the ideas come from? Then? Would that be through the people that you know? And- I, 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 mean, I, I worked. Remember, I worked with this. I worked with this guy. I worked over in uh, Eurocentral, and I worked with this guy. I'm not going to say his name because he's he's a he's a serious laddie. Let's put it that yeah. way. Um, and he he kind of he was like kind of he lived he loved he loved a life that terrified me, frankly, you know, what he got up to and all that. But he also had this big, extremely caring nature, and he would always look out for him, look out for his family, looked out for me a, a lot of times, you know, helped me out a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And he was a big, handsome guy with blonde hair and all that. And it, that was kind of, that was the kind of, he was kind of what I was thinking about when I was thinking about Stubbsy character. Yeah. But for me, the, the strange thing about life is local, and I don't kind of think about it now, but at the time, I kind of, I don't want to say it was frustrating, but I just thought, right, I put all my effort, all my effort into the main character, Stevie Costello. He was the guy. Mm-hmm. He was the one that the whole story is based around. I still think that. But when the book came out, everybody wanted to talk about Stubbsy. Yeah. And... For what I'm not going to get away, but for, he's only in the book for half it, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, for some reason, he he resonated with people, and I don't know, I, don't, I still don't know why, and I still don't know if that's fair, but that's like, it's just the way it is. If I've done any times I did readings, anytime I do conversations like this, it was always, he's the first question people. That people wanted to know about, you know. So yeah, I can't. There's nothing I can do about that, you know what I mean. But that's just the way it is. Do you think that's just maybe a bit more action than his chapters? I think, I think so. I think I don't know. I think I think we all secretly just want a big pal that can sort things out. You know, I think we all want that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially when you're at that age, with the the characters are where. That age between like 18 to 35 kind of thing where your mates are basically your family. You know, you live with them, you talk with them, you're, you're with them all the time. And also, the kind of thing that I was trying to go over was that um, this, he was this young guy loving a model who probably didn't belong in model. His dad was in Australia. His mum went off and left him. And he was kind of 
looking about mother will go, what's, why am I here? What's going on here? And his two best friends are almost kind of parental, you know, Stubbs and Lisa yeah. look after him. And that, that was something that was kind of a kind of throwaway idea when I, when I wrote it. But when the book came out, it became the central idea to the whole thing. And you can't, there's nothing you can do about that. You just have to accept that. That's what people loved about it and that's what people liked about it. So fair dues. Yeah. Uh, so as, like, see, like, for the parental aspect, because I, I kind of, mm-hmm. I would say, like, growing up with my pals, I had a pal, Jamie, and he was probably, I kind of seen him as a bit of a kind of parental figure. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a kind of thing that, that I would do or have growing up. I mean, yeah. Jamie, Jamie was younger than me, but as I said in one of my other podcasts, I kind of look at musicians, see like relationships between musicians, like uh, Lennon McCartney, Pete and Carol for the Libertines, things like mm-hmm. that. And there's always seems to be one that's more dominant and looks after the other yeah. one. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, I always felt that with my relationship with my pal. Where mm-hmm. I was, I was a peak to his Carol, so to speak. Yep. Uh, so, I do, that's probably why that sort of thing resonated with myself. Yeah, I mean, but I was, mean, I was brought up, I was brought up in a family where my, you know, my cousins were more like my brothers and sisters, and my aunties and uncles were just like second parents, and there was just so many, as you know what I mean. There was just, it was just a big, big family, so. I've always been kind of, somebody pointed out to me a couple of months ago that every character that I've ever written about, whether it be in the novels or the short stories, they're all quite, um, like they're quite, they're, they're alone in their circumstances and they don't have that big family. And I've always been kind of fascinated by people who don't have a big family, who don't really, who you know, don't have, they're basically just kind of, kind of on their own, you know what I mean? Because it's so alien to me, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's quite natural that the friendships that, that I've got and the friendships that like you're talking about with your pal, um, it, it's quite easy to get into that kind of personal friendship with people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Over and over again, you know? What you said about Stevie as well, how you kind of feel maybe that he went unnoticed in the book, but... It's probably him. He carries the story all the way through. He's the one connecting all these characters. So, yeah. again, I enjoyed that character as well. I thought he was... You could tell he was the main character of the book. I know you got mm-hmm. people that they like Stubbsy or whatever. But mm-hmm. I thought Stevie Costello was really well written. Right. Uh, right. I mean, it's, it's again, and it's... it's, it's <laughs> You're just the, the title itself tells you kind of. I mean, I know obviously for all the millions of people that are going to read it after listening to this, but <laughs> it's um, the title's Life is Local, so it gives the it got, right away, it gives you the idea right? there's a guy who thinks it's better no being in Motherwell, but then realizes that perhaps that's not the case, you know what I mean? And that's it's it's an old cliche that I, I get it, you know what I mean? And there's there's a few cliches in the book that I, I wish I couldn't. I wish I could have. I wish I could have put the brakes on and tried to get away from it, but I, I just couldn't. And um, so it, it's kind of. It, 
I'm glad. I'm glad. That, I'm glad I wrote it, and I'm glad I, I made him the centre of the book. You know what I mean? Because I think he is. Obviously, he's a complicated character, and I will write about him again. You know, um, but like I say, it was just it took me by surprise a little bit when everybody just went to the other guy, went to yeah. pal, You know, but again, I, I'm chuffed. I'm chuffed to bits about that as well. But it just it just took me by surprise. That's all. It was. So. Moving on to your second book, mm-hmm. You Can't Trust Water, yep. which is completely different, isn't it? Yeah. It's the same kind of, obviously, it's, you can tell it's you and it's writing, it's the same type mm-hmm. of writing, but mm-hmm. obviously, I don't know if I put off reading it because of the subject matter to begin mm-hmm. with, but uh, once you get into it, it's... It's yeah. Book, it? uh, I work in a place called Rune Bank, which is in Springburn, right up the topic of uh, Glasgow. And um, I was on my second, my second break, and I, there's, there's a big park, Springburn Park. And I was walking through there one day, and I was all these young, these young Glasgow guys, you know, and they're all loud and they're all. And I seen these two guys walking hand in hand, you know, and I thought, hey, that's, that's quite brave, man, that they're, they're doing that, you know, and I thought, these young boys are going to, these young boys are going to be these two lads, mm-hmm. hell, you know, but they walk past, and these young boys never even said a word to them, you know what I mean, and I remember thinking, oh, right, okay, and that was the, for, for some reason, that made me have this idea of, well, what if that was flipped around, what if a, what if a boy and a girl were walking hand in hand, and that was rang, Right, okay, right. So that's what I that's what I got the idea for. It. And it started off as a novella called Straight. And I kind of put it out again, wasn't edited, anything like that. And just people around me were going, Do you know, that's 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 a, that's a unique idea. That might, it might have legs. Why don't you just so I put it out, I wrote it, um to be honest, I've got a funny kind of relationship with that book because when I, I was I think part of me just wanted to prove that I could write another book. You know, I didn't want people to think, oh, he only wrote one book, you know, and, mm. and that's what it was. So I kind of fell out of it for a couple of years. I didn't sell nowhere near as life is local. People didn't want to talk about it. People didn't want to know about it, frankly. But then I went back to it last year, just in the right deep bit of the lockdown. And I thought, you know what, there's some, there's some bits that are actually quite good, you know, and, there's, and the idea... I don't, I don't think it's I don't, don't think it was cheesy in any way. You know what I mean? It's actually quite violent and it's got quite a sad ending and all that. Yeah. But um, I'm getting I'm I'm now getting more I'm, I'm more um, what's the word? I don't want to say proud. I'm, I'm more comfortable with it now than I was right. when I when I actually wrote it. You know, and you know I'm looking at every time when you become a you know when you become a dad. You know, I'm thinking about a wee boy and I'm thinking to myself when he's old enough to read life is local. I'll be really proud that he does that. But now I'm hoping that he'll be proud that I did that book as well. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. I get that. But I didn't want to write just another uh, five model boys running about. Yeah. You know, I just didn't want to do that. So um, I, I'm, I'm more comfortable with it. That's what I would say. Yeah. The, the thing is, wait, as well, I find similarities between Stubbsy and Benny. And yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it kind of like 
see, there's, a, there's, this, there's this thing, and I'm sure if you ever speak to any Scottish writer, it's really difficult, right, to write about a Scottish tough nut, hard guy without it getting right into um, Begbie yeah. territory. And it's just because everybody else did that so well, you know, and, 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 and uh, your man went and played him so well. So, I, I, I mean, I, I tried and I tried to make Benny unlike the, the usual Scottish hard man, but you can't do it, you know what I mean? Um, obviously, he does terrible things. I hope, I hope people think that he's made up for it. But I had a lot. Of, I said he was probably the only guy writing about that I wrote about in that book that I had a lot of fun writing about. You know, I know it's some horrible mm-hmm. stuff that he does, but um, aye, there is. They're, they're, they're so prevalent in Scottish society. These guys, you know, you, we all know at least one guy like that. You know, so yeah. Um, I don't think. If I'm being honest, you know, I'll probably write a, another Benny or another Stubbsy. I'll, I'll always be uh, there or thereabouts in in, in that I write. You know? Yeah. So obviously, the, the way the ending, you can't trust water. Mm-hmm. It kind of you could write a sequel because you know you could know that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that was that was the idea at the time. Um, but I go back to how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. I remember writing the end and <laughs> just thinking, I'm not, I'm not going near this again. I just, nah, I don't want it. But the idea is, is that I, that, uh, that there, there could be, um, if I'm being honest, it would be a difficult thing to do. Um, but you never know. I, 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 did, I did deliberately leave it open for a sequel. Yeah. I know that. But um, it would take a lot to, for me to get back into Aiden and Kirsten's story, you know what I mean? I, I felt as if they two were brilliant characters. I loved them and I still do love them. Um, but it would be a tough, tough... Um, I think I'd probably have to get other things off my chest first right. know, and prove myself. I still still feel I'm trying to prove myself as a writer. I'll always be that way. And I think if I can get another couple of books out, then perhaps I would get back to it. Um, and hopefully people can we could then get back to themselves and they didn't see something out of their lake, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can, before before Life is Local came out, uh-huh. I used to, there was a page called Blogspot. You uh-huh. remember that? And you had all your stuff up yeah. there, which you had, like, a few short stories and things like that. So I think that, that's uh-huh. where I started reading stuff like that first, Christmas Eve and yeah. Wallace Street and My Injured Angel. Yeah. Uh, which were both amazing. I love Christmas mm-hmm. Eve and Wallace Street. That was brilliant. Is would there be uh, any that's, plans that's to kind of to push them on a better? The thing is Martin, where we are the now, where we are at the moment is a different time from where we were when I wrote I wrote uh, Wall Street I was, it was, it was like gay abandoned. I, I, I didn't mind what people thought, you know, and Twitter wasn't as big as it was then. But I just think if the world actually read Christmas Eve and Wall Street, there would be a lot of people would probably quite offended by it. But again, I, I would hope people would see that, again, I'm, that's just the type of writing that I do. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I understand it's probably not everybody's cup of tea. Whether, whether that would be a 
whether that story would, whether I would write a story like that now, I don't know. Um, but I'm glad that I was young enough and brave enough to write it at the time. And it still stands as the, I read it just before Christmas and I thought, yeah, there's some yeah. good stuff in that, you know. Brown characters in it again, it's, I think it's, uh, as good as, as good as the two books, easily as good as yeah. the two books. And it's, with the short stories, you kind of, you find yourself just wanting to read more. Yep. So, like, obviously, My Injured Angel, that was, was that meant to come out as a book? And then... Yeah, it's, it's there, it's sitting there, I'm, 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 I've, I've done about, I don't know, 55,000 words on it, it's there, it's ready to go. Um, I'm just trying to, like that, I'm trying to, I've actually, it's actually going to be a, I've got a short story collection done, that's going to be next, and then Injured Angel, hopefully, I can get the two of them out this year, because they're basically done. It's just, like I say, I'm, I'm needing time to knit it all together, and, um, but it's, it's, it's there, it's, 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 it's going to be, that will be, the, the books are there, um, it's just trying to get the time to properly put them together. Right. But so, hopefully this year. Hopefully. Looking forward, I said that right? last year, I think. But... <laughs> no, well, that, I mean, because that was my next question, was what's next, so... Uh... I well, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, it came to my, it came to my attention last year that I'd been writing all these short stories, one of which, um, A Raven's Creek Picture, was published by the Scottish Book Trust, um, and... It's probably been read more than anything I've ever done, you know. Um, mm. It was a great time, it was a thousand word wee thing about a wee Polish woman learning model. And it, 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 I was just kind of going through all the stuff that I've done. And I'm thinking, right, I've got enough here for a, a, a new collection of uh, stories, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll probably be next. And then I'll get Angel finished. Once I, my problem is just now I just don't know what the end is going to be. I don't know. I, I don't know whether to link it up to another kind of life is local book or do I just leave it on its own. I don't know. Um, once I work that out, um, I mean I've done the speed work. The words are in there. I'm probably maybe about twenty thousand shy of finishing it. And once I once I get my idea of how I want it to the end, then that's that's when it will be ready to go. Hopefully this year. Like I've right. And what does that feel like? See, see when you're you're happy and you're finished. It's like summer. nothing else. And I, and I, I, I don't know, man. I speak to, like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got all these friends that are in bands, and you know, I've done done well and all that. And I, I say to them, I say it must be like the same as coming out of doing a, a really good demo or something, you know. And it's 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 finished. It's great, and you're you're happy with it. Yeah. And you get to the end of a book, and it's just. It's just such an accomplishment, you know what I mean? And it's I'm I'm by no way the smartest guy on the street at all, you know. And for me, it's uh, it's like and I, I, I with like my family and all that. It's probably the best thing I've ever done is day two books, you know. And it's it's something that I can hand up and say that's something that I've accomplished. And it's like to answer your question, it is the best feeling in the world. And for anybody out there who thinks they can do it, that's fair enough. Everybody thinks that. But we're living in times just now where if you've got an idea for a book, this is the best time to do it because you don't have to you don't have to go down to London, you don't have to go into Edinburgh, 
you just click it and it's there. You know, yeah. and if that's not if that's not enough for you to go out and try and finish your story, then I don't know what is. Good words, man. Wise words. Uh, obviously, the, the podcast is called Time for Heroes. Right. So, just before we go, just a wee kind of light-hearted segment. Right. Uh, a dinner party. Right. And you're inviting four of your heroes. Right. So. Well, did, can they can they be? Um, they can racist? be dead, alive. They can be famous. They can be family. They can be whatever you want. Right. Okay. I would probably say. Uh, I would, I would, well, the first one would have to be Johnny Marr, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have maybe two or three years ago invited his pal. Yeah. But I'm not inviting him now. <laughs> um, I'd say Tony Benn would be the next one. And um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say a Celtic player because that's just so obvious. So I'm going to say, I'd say John Niven because I think he would be a riotous laugh. Mm-hmm. And is that at three? That's three. So I've got one more. And the last one would probably be, I would need to say James Gandalf. Right. Maybe my last one. That's, they're good choices as well. That'd be a good night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what, what are you getting them? Uh, well, I don't know. Well, it need to be a vegetarian because Johnny Marr's a vegetarian. So, right. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would, I would, I would, something, some, something vegan to keep wee Johnny happy. Mm-hmm. And whether my Gandalfini would be happy with that, but I don't know. <laughs> no, well, he'd be raiding the fridge, wouldn't he, looking for the, <laughs> the, the cured meats and things like that. <laughs> uh, and you're, you're going to get Johnny to play a couple of tunes and the guitar and things oh, like that. I just, I, I mean, it's so. I'm like a, I'm like a wee twelve year old schoolgirl. Every time I hear him just play the guitar, just even like simple three, three chords or something, I just, yeah. just break every time. I and I, I'll always, I'll always do that. I think. Well, that's a hang with man. I've seen him, seen when he's near like these music documentaries, maybe like talking mm-hmm. about going through all the Manchester music, and you hear him just playing wee riffs of things, and you think. Uh, so simple, but nah, I, I'm murdered with the guitar. Uh, I know, I just think he's a... Uh, I, I could just sit and... He's just such a... He carries himself as well. He's just such a cool guy, you know. And definitely, he would be there. And I'd give him whatever vegan meal that he wanted. <laughs> yeah. So so that's your four heroes then? Yep. Right, that's brilliant. Uh, and that... I would say that would do us for today for our Brilliant. first episode. Thanks very much for having me. Cool, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes podcast. If you would like to get in touch about anything, you can contact me on Instagram at Time for Heroes podcast or on Twitter at Time for Heroes P1 or you can drop me an email at Time for Heroes Pod at gmail.com. You can find the podcast in all the usual places Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and many more. Please leave a review wherever you can and share it with others. 
but more importantly, enjoy the show. I'm